Hey, hey, I'm T. Welcome to Burning Tarot. This is the podcast where we usually wander around in the woods and draw a tarot card. That card helps guide us for the next week or two weeks or, you know, kind of whatever. We might talk a little astrology, might get, get a little woo-woo, uh, and it's lots of fun. So thank you for joining us for the ride. We are once again indoors this time, however. I have tried to wander outside and was assailed by wood stove smoke and the sound of barking dogs at a nearby house because it's really dark out there. I can't quite wander out in the forest right now. Uh, And then it's a totally intense wind. And I was like, well, I guess we'll just take our card inside. It's an interesting time of year. Thanks for the comments and everything and people buying readings after the last couple of readings that we've had. So we've had this totally intense eclipse portal, which is closed now. And inside that eclipse portal, I mean, it depends on how you do your eclipse math, either inside that portal or right next to it. We had the secular American Halloween celebration kind of an Irish-American tradition that has caught fire elsewhere, too. And then this whole season is considered Samhain in actual Ireland, where I used to live and where one of my favorite teachers, dark goddess inspiration, where she lives. Uh, So Samhain is basically November. And if you're looking at finding the exact cross-quarter day between solstice and... um, equinox. I think that's maybe today, like November 7th, 8th. Uh, Or some people would celebrate it on the new moon. Or there's different ways of looking at this whole season. But if you're in the northern hemisphere, you're in this special magical season. And it's not just that fall seems magical. It also invokes energies that are literally magical. The veil between the worlds is thin this time of year. That's what they say. My experience certainly agrees with that. Yours might too. Um, So it's a good time to do readings. If you're a, you know, divinatory soul, it's a good time to buy yourself a reading too. We have all the tarot readings, personal tarot readings on sale right now. You go to tiffanyleebrown.com and select a tarot reading, any of them, whatever's up there right now, I'm not even sure, and you can use the code DREAMER, and that's all uppercase, all caps, the word DREAMER, and you're going to literally get a whole 50% off your reading. Um... I have a wrist injury right now, so my normal day job things are very, very difficult to do. I'm a journalist, I'm a writer, I help people with marketing and, you know, website types of projects as well, and all of that stuff is, like, (laughs) not going so well. I am learning how to kind of dictate words and cut and paste them and turn that into a newspaper column, but largely... um, A lot of my professional work is pretty fiddly, where you use your hands on the little computer a lot. So I can't really do that stuff right now, and I'm enjoying giving the readings. So I decided to make them cheap, 
And if y'all want to go up there and grab them, I will extend the code DREAMER till November 15th. It might have already expired today, but I'll go in there and change it. Okay, so the code DREAMER will work through November 15th, and that is for 50% off your tarot reading. Um, and you have a month in which, in which to cash it in. So you don't have to get a reading today if you're not feeling terribly inspired about getting a reading today. So speaking of today, what kind of card, my dears, my sweetie darlings, what kind of card have we drawn? Well, I'll tell you, it's the Six of Cups. If you've been following along, playing along from home, you know that we had this total craziness of eclipse-ness with lots of kind of Venus influence there. Um, you'll remember that we drew a special card from the deck last time, uh, one of Pixie's illustration cards uh, called the Dreamers. Yeah, that was very, that was a similar energy, sort of, to what we get with the Six of Cups, in that the cards are leading us into our watery selves. The cups, the dreamers, the spirits, the, the, the memory, the, the meandering, wandering memory. And the sweetness and bitter sweetness of our emotions and, and what happens when we look into the past? What happens when we allow ourselves to dream and we pay attention to our dreams? What happens when we allow our child selves, the part of us that was once a child that we still carry, <clears throat> excuse me, we still carry within us, what happens when we allow that person to have a voice or to see through our adult eyes or to understand through our adult intellect? What happens when we kind of let our formerly child self steer the boat and we maybe let our conscious, frankly, for a lot of us, boring, bureaucratic, overly analytical, um, worried, you know, overly concerned with productivity, you know, all that adult, not super exciting crud. What happens if we let that kind of sit back for a bit? What happens if we Just allow it to chill out and shut up for half a second, you know, <laughs> like, like for 10 minutes. And what if in those 10 minutes, we tune into our child selves and learn from them or let them take control of our fingers when we are playing music. Let them use a paintbrush or handle a pair of scissors and some old magazines or catalogs and start making collages. What happens when our child self is let loose in nature? When they get to climb a tree or lean against a tree or gaze 
for minutes, 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 maybe hours, into the full face of a flower, a dandelion, the butt end of a pine cone. These are, by the way, examples of incredible sacred geometry. And the children know this. If you've had children and had the fortune of raising little tiny ones, you'll see them do it. They just pick that dandelion and they stare at it. Maybe they twirl it. And you can see there used to be this meme online of a young gorilla doing exactly that same thing, exactly in the same fashion that the human children do. So somewhere within all of us is this more appreciative primate, this young child self who can see the sacred geometry, immediately understand it for being sacred, and understand that gazing into the sacred is a beautiful act. Now, I would argue that it's hard to do that in our adult lives. And I would argue that sometimes it's not even appropriate in our adult lives. We're doing adult stuff. We're busy. And we got to do the stuff. We live in a culture that is uh, not very forgiving of people who can't always have their shit together and do all the bureaucratic and financial things. It's really kind of rough out there. As someone who is neurodivergent and has some physical health issues as well, you know, I'm very aware of this. I'm very fortunate to be where I am. And, um, you know, I'm one marriage away from living under a bridge in a cardboard box. You know, like, it's just, it's rough. So you're not going to be able to sit there and stare into the flower all the time in this culture, living in your adult body. If you have to take care of other people, if you have to take care of yourself, if you have to earn money. Um, And especially all you caregivers out there, you know, I know you don't have 10 minutes to stare at a flower, but if you found that 10 minutes, it might be nice to stare at the flower or to draw on a piece of paper and feel what your child self would like to draw. It doesn't have to be nice. It doesn't have to look like something that came out of your art class. You know? It can just be fun. And you can throw it away after. You don't have to keep it. You don't have to give it to somebody as a you know burdensome gift of this painting. You can just say, this is, if you like it, if it's beautiful and you want to look at it, well, put it on your own wall. And if it's kind of just a, a cruddy, scrubby thing, you can celebrate it temporarily. Stick it on the fridge, right? Classic thing to do with children's paintings. Stick it on the fridge for a week and then, you know, throw it in the fire. Let it go. The Six of Cups brings us to our child selves. It also opens up a gateway, a conduit, a pathway, like sliding down a drain pipe, which I only see people do in movies, but you know, theoretically we could do that in life. We can certainly do it as a metaphor. So we're, we're sliding into this, this conduit, this space that gets opened up by our six of cups. 
And this space takes us through time. Our child self exists in the way that we experience time, you know, like we like to think that it's linear. Ask your local mystic or ask your local quantum physicist and they'll probably be like, yeah, maybe time isn't really so linear at all or maybe it doesn't exist. We don't really know. Um, but sort of the, let's call it provisional time, like how we appear to experience time. And, you know, we've got daylight savings time getting turned off here in America, uh, messing with all of our schedules and our sleep and everything. So in that kind of time, the Six of Cups invites us to slide down the slide into the past. And what do we find in the past? Well, we find ourselves when we were younger, right? And, and how do we learn from that past self? We can kind of judge on that younger person from our current position of, of wisdom further along in linear time, you know? Or we can enjoy them. We can enjoy the kinds of innocence that they had that we no longer have. Or we can feel sorry for them. I find that that comes up for me quite a bit when I slide into the past. Through It's an emotional memory journey. Anybody can do it. You don't have to do it in a big woo-woo style, although you can do that for like more hardcore time travel. But for just everyday purposes, you know, you can just close your eyes for 10 minutes and think about what it smelled like in your backyard when you were a kid. What it smelled like at your grandma's house. What it was like to run through the grass with your little brother. You can think of adventures that you had back then. Now, feelings invariably arise during this kind of exercise. Some people had a lot of trauma come up in their childhoods. And even those of us who didn't have major trauma were simply experiencing the weirdness and and tension of growing up, of learning about the world, growing older, trying to interface with adults in their world. It's a lot. Kids do a lot, you know, and their brains are growing, their hormones are flowing. They're, They're impressive, very impressive. But when you're doing it and you're like, you're eight, you're four, you kind of don't realize how much you're doing. You don't know how impressive it is that, that you're managing all this stuff. You're doing all this learning. And for some people, that they're also living through extremely traumatic circumstances and finding resilience. And they're still here today. So that's how we know that those people are very resilient. And I had some trauma in my own past, in my childhood specifically, but certainly um, a relatively privileged position that I was experiencing it in. So if you slide back into the past and it's all trauma, you kind of have the choice of whether you want to go there at all. You could just say, this, there's no good nostalgia for me here. There's no learning that I'm up for right now. Um, or you might find that you're able to slide down this six of cups, slide down the drain pipe with the water and get splashed out into the beach, 
That's how the beach is on the Oregon coast. You'll see these big drain pipes carrying water so that it goes underneath the towns and the roads and, and Highway 101. And then that water just flops down onto the beach and makes a stream and down into the ocean. And so when we're going, sliding through time with the Six of Cups, sometimes it can just feel like we're meshing with that ocean. We're joining it. And all those big feelings that we have and that we had as children. There's something that, those feelings themselves, they are something that combines us with everybody else. They tap us into the collective unconscious. We're the water coming out of the drain pipe under the town. We're part of the stream, wiffle-waffling down the beach. And then we're the ocean. The ocean is everybody's feelings. It's everybody's ancestry and everybody's childhood. It's a profound feeling because we're not alone and we're not separate. Our everyday lives make us need to be separate and have an ego and have a body to take care of. And underneath all that, there's some, you know, wackadoodle, collective unconscious, emotional, ancestral soup that we're still part of, even while we're kind of playing this game, doing this brief lifetime of occupying this body. So the Six of Cups can be read as just a card of like, hey, little kids playing around. If you have actual young children at this point, this may indicate that something goes on with them. Um, There is a sense of playfulness to it, gift-giving giving of the gift and what I was saying about trauma before um, some people find that in in this kind of playful and pleasant six of cups energy you can go back to the good parts of the past and if you see kind of a dark or dangerous spot that you're not into delving into right now or maybe you're like I've delved into that about 400,000 times and I went to therapy and I just I don't want to play with it you can just you can just not do that you can just say okay I'm not going to play with that I'm not going to go relive that I'm going to think of something that I found beautiful when I was young even if it was just a hair bow your sister's hair bow that you wished was yours And she let you wear it that one time for that birthday party. That's a memory. So any kind of specific sensory memories will let you slide back in time. And then if you're ready, you can kind of wash away into the ocean with your memory. Thich Nhat Hanh liked to say, use this metaphor of the wave and the water. So if you see water at the ocean, you know, in the ocean, coming up and crashing on the shore, you could say, oh, well, that was a wave. And then the wave retreats. And then what is it? Well, all along, the wave has been not just that distinctive, specific, separate kind of being, the wave. It's also part of the water 
the whole frickin' ocean. And you could argue all water everywhere. The wave and the water. So Six of Cups gives us kind of a permission maybe and kind of a nice format for drifting in a wave-like fashion from the collective unconscious and the deep ancestral and our own literal past, you know, and just kind of playing with it and wandering around. The children in the card, there's a young child and an older child. We're using the golden tarot today. And the young child is holding out a golden cup, a goblet, to the older child. Um, And the cups are full of white roses in this one. The older child is just kind of casually hanging out and reading a book. That sounds nice, huh? And um, there's a tree behind them and then the walls of a stone medieval type city. So there's a peacefulness to the Six of Cups and there's a peacefulness to reading into our own pasts giving ourselves the gift of that. Wandering back, allowing our young self, our child self, to seek expression or teach us something or just kind of be cool and kind of connect us. Sometimes, especially for the, those among you who are sensitives and mediums and such, doing this exercise, um, and you can also do this with like a photo album, or read an old letter, you know, that's a really nice way of music also, or bake those cookies that grandma used to make. All those things can, can help uh, trigger your senses and your body and your mind into sliding easily back into that past. So those are ways to do it if you find it difficult to just kind of close your eyes and mentally get there. Um, Yeah, I'm spacing out here. <laughs> it's a spacey, a spacey feeling, watery card. I think it's nice. Um, I'm fond of this card, and I'm fond of I'm fond of childhood. I'm fond of children, and I even I'm even fond of that tinge of melancholy that invariably comes with a good piece of nostalgia or a trip to the past. Because those memories remind us that everything is temporary in this kind of linear time as we experience it. You know, it can bring up loss. That moment is gone. That child has grown. My grandma passed away. You know, and it's okay to have feelings about those things. And it doesn't have to be super dark, but it can be, there's a beauty in the melancholy, in the bittersweet. That's why we like poetry. That's what poetry does. Or, you know, folk music, Simon and Garfunkel. You know, they're those kinds of modes of expression or, you know, reading Proust. They're so good at pulling us into the past and allowing us to have strong feelings that aren't glossed over. 
It's not just the yellow smiley face. I grew up in the 70s and 80s, so, you know, yellow smiley face, that was really a thing. Um, But, of course, there's another undertow that we're likely to feel when we delve into the past. And just remember to look for the, the good and happy things, too. Or allow, allow, you know... You know, kiss kiss that scenario goodbye. Give it a wave before you leave and come back to this world, you know. Acknowledge your young self. If your young self's having a hard time, you know, you can, inside your mind, just go up to them and hug them. And you might be surprised at how powerful this is. If you have really kind of time traveled during your memory experiment, you may, it it can get really, really powerful. You may have the genuine sense of like, oh, that kind of fairy godmother who might have been helping me emotionally, taking care of me when I was young, might have been myself, cruising through time, going back in time to give the young me a hug after she had a hard day. Yeah, I have obviously experienced this. It was profound and totally weird, and I was not expecting it. Um, and then, you know, you can start doing that as, as a separate kind of healing process, uh, a technique for helping heal some <clears throat> personal and ancestral wounds. But Six of Cups doesn't necessarily say, oh, you got to go back in time and correct everything that was terrible back in the day. It's more like, it's more nice and mellow level. It's a nice card to pull during this Samhain time when we're, we've just had El Dia de los Muertos and All Souls Day and All Saints Day. And, you know, it's a time for ancestral acknowledgement. And so when we look into the past, we can also look into the past of our ancestors, our most recent ones, you know, relatives that we knew or still know, and then deeper than that into the misty (laughs) ancestral memories. And if you have actual stories and objects of your forebears, then this is a good time to sit with some of those. And I would think, you know, Sitting with gratitude. And you know, I don't throw that word around that much. Those of you who are regulars, you know that. I feel like that word gets thrown around way too much, right up there with humble. Um, but there, I think we really need to express thankfulness to our ancestors. We are literally carrying their, their DNA and their woo-woo energy or whatever. We're carrying all that stuff in us. And we wouldn't be here without them. There's, it just wouldn't happen. So they're worthy of some attention and a thank you or an altar, um, whatever tradition comes through your family. And if you were raised in a family where you weren't blood-related to your family, um, it's a good opportunity to visit both families, your bloodline, who might be made up of people you don't know or don't know much about. But if you're just dreamily meditating and floating in the ocean, you might find that you have some interesting 
like a sense or a vision or even a full-on, like a little movie scene in your mind that has to do with those people. Um, Some people hear it more as like a voice, and they'll be like, whoa, that was my grandfather's voice. You may think you're going crazy, but don't worry about it. You're just taking 10 minutes to be woo-woo. So crazy doesn't count while we're doing woo-woo. We are allowed to have strange visions and hear things and experience other realities. We're allowed to. It's okay. You got to come snap out of it after a little while and rejoin everybody else in in normal reality and, you know, pick up your phone and cook dinner for your kids and all that stuff. But you can take 10 minutes to dive in somewhere else. Um, Bean cups, this is water element, a wonderful place to do any of these kind of explorations I've described here would be while taking a bath or walking in the rain. Like, get literal with water. Uh, And when water is the element of water, when it's a big factor in a tarot reading or in the astrology of the moment, you can also take it literally in terms of, oh, I got to remember to drink water and make sure I'm keeping myself hydrated because the watery part of us wants attention when we pull this kind of a card. I think it fits in really well with the dreamers. Maybe I'll have to listen to my own reading from last time about the dreamers because I'm not sure what I said. I kind of go half trancy during these readings, and so I don't always know what the heck I was saying. Um, But it seems like these would all play nicely together. And we had the hermit card a couple few weeks ago towards the beginning of that eclipse portal. And the hermit is more earthy, not so watery. Nevertheless, the hermit is really great at encouraging us to carve out time for being alone, for wandering in the dark, for exploring. And so I feel like we're still carrying the energy of that hermit, the energy of those dreamers, and then taking that into this Six of Cups moment. Um, if you find that your own life is just not accessible to you this way uh, at this time, or it's too fraught and you can't freaking deal with it, that's fine too. Do like the kid on this card, the older kid, and read a book. Not a glowing screen thing where you're getting notifications about your text messages and your social media, but a book, an actual book. And maybe find a book from your own childhood. You could see if your local library has something fun. Like a young person in my life and I, we are reading the Betsy and Tacy books right now. And, um, and I realized like I loved some of these books when I was a kid and a teenager, but some of them I never read. So this is really fun. We are reading materials that are theoretically far too young for either of us. Um, You know, it's written about like these five and six-year-olds, you know, and it's wonderful. It is a delightful way to uncover my own child self to read this Betsy, Tacey, and Tib book about these girls in, you know, 1904 or whenever the book is set. 
So that's another way to do time travel that might be more, um, might have more structure and might feel more comfortable for people who, you know, don't like the idea of the woo-woo memories um, or talking to ancestors or, you know, <laughs> hugging your child self. If that's if all just, if you're like, no, I don't, I'm not feeling that. Well, maybe consider reading a children's book. Maybe it's one that was meaningful to you when you were young. Maybe it's one that you inherited from a relative or that your children left behind when they went to college. And that's another great way of just diving into that other world. And that other world is always there, even though we're all busy like growing up and being boring and bureaucratic. That, that young world is still there. You know, where the wild things are is still a magnificent book. Good Night Moon is still very intriguing. The Little House in the Prairie books, okay, well, we're going to run into some uh, woke issues there. <laughs> if you want to get depressed, read the annotated version. Holy crap. Or you could put all that stuff aside and just be like, I loved, you know, Little Town on the Prairie when I was a kid. And I'm going to read it again. So that's another way of just taking advantage of this lovely time where the past and the child self and maybe just a nice story are available to us and they are healing for us at this time. They're a way of maybe counteracting some of the extreme negativity and fear um, that's going on in the world around us, in our society, on the news, in our country and other countries, depending where you live. We've got listeners all over the world, but we have a lot of Canada, US, UK, India, you know, English speaking places. Um, and so that kind of cultural spread. Uh, tends to include a lot about certain wars that are going on right now. And then, of course, everybody having an opinion about that and needing to trumpet it really loudly is extraordinarily stressful. And so maybe it's maybe this 10 minutes I talked about isn't actually long enough. Maybe it needs to be at least a half an hour, and maybe it needs to be every day for the next few weeks, where we just, it's not about forcing yourself to meditate or doing your yoga or listening to a podcast while you walk. It's different. It's different time. And maybe you could steal that time from um, any time where you normally would be somehow interfacing with the news, opinions, social media, uh, analysis of the news, interviews with people about the stuff that informs the things about the policies. You know, what if we just took a little time out of each day, 10 minutes, 20, 30, to very consciously push all that out of our minds and say, you don't own me. In here is still a beautiful, pure, innocent, cool child who deserves to play who deserves to take a bath, who deserves to float along the beautiful tides 
of memory. And that can just be a wonderful kind of a refill, reset thing that we can, a gift we can give ourselves, like the child in this card, the golden goblet that we can offer up to our own adult selves is simply a short break from all that is terrible, confusing. And some of these things feel urgent. They might be personal. They're not just something in the news happening far away. Uh, I have something going on right now that is uh, trying to occupy me all the time. (laughs) And, you know, it's a big deal. And it requires, it has to do with, it's a medical thing. Um, Medical plus bureaucracy. And uh, my emotions are deeply involved. And I'm freaking angry about it and scared. And I don't know how to proceed. It's a very unusual situation. I've never been in one. I've never heard of anybody being in one. And so I can let, you know, hours of each day uh, have that thing, the fact that this is an unsolved problem and I don't know how to handle it and I have to go slowly and, you know, that can just eat at me all day. Or I can say, okay, okay, horrible situation. You're, I, I just realized you're, I'm thinking about you again and that's all right, but I'm going to ask you to go away now for a while. I'm going to think about other stuff. And it's hard to <clears throat> train our brains to do that or give ourselves permission to do that. You know, whether it's a feeling of like, well, I care about social justice, so I have to think about Palestine all day. Or um, I have this horrible medical bureaucracy situation and it's awful and I'm angry and so I'm just going to obsess on it. It's pretty hard to just say, well, that's a thing, but let's move it aside. And I feel like the Six of Cups offers us a very um, clear and direct way of just moving ourselves out of the constant stress zone for a little temporary period of time. Maybe that's every day. If, If you can find it every day, maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's just while you drive, like, don't turn on NPR. You know, while you're driving your car, 10 minutes to the grocery store, listen to silence instead, or listen to classical. Move over to the classical station. Well, actually, our classical station plays the news, too. (laughs) You know what I mean, though. You can find little pockets of time and space where if you choose not to engage with, you know, problematic stuff that's coming in from the outside, that could be helpful. And then if you're actively pursuing something else, like this um, ocean child memory exercise, you know, that gives your brain something to do besides think about the big problem that's eating at you or think about the large world problems. So that's how I'm going to take this Six of Cups. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to, I'm going to time travel. I'm going to see what it's like. I'm going to steer clear of the dark things because I don't feel like I want to deal with that right now. Maybe there will be other times for that. It's not where I'm at at the moment. And when thoughts of this, you know, scary problematic thing come into my mind, I'm going to, you know, I'll accept them, but then I'm going to ask them to move along so that I can do this, so that I can do 
the nostalgia and the memory, and I can read the children's books from long ago and picture these wonderful lives that they had, you know, back in the day. And I'm old enough now where I'm like, well, my childhood's like back in the day. That's kind of cool. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear about whether you try this and whether it is interesting, successful, failure, fantastic, whatever. Please let me know. I can be reached by email to burningtarot at gmail.com. And I'm not saying that uh, in a kind of fake podcaster way. I actually genuinely want to hear from people. And if you can keep it to like one paragraph, um, that would be great. I, I can't delve totally into everybody's lives. Um, although, you know, my regular clients that listen to this and buy readings, we, we do end up going quite deeply into, into life sometimes, don't we? Um, but for the emails, you know, one paragraph, just so I can get a glimpse of what you're going through right now. I would really love to hear from y'all. Um, Six of Cups, connect with the past, connect with the children, read the book, take the bath. <laughs> I hope you have a very enjoyable week or two, and I'll be back soon. And do use that coupon, DREAMER, D-R-E-A-M-E-R, all caps, over at my shop at tiffanyleebrown.com. All right, you guys, bye.